Welcome to another episode of Interculture Podcast. I'm Ibrahim and... I'm Jenna. We are back again. What are you doing? Good. I went to a museum this week on the free night, obviously, because I'm... Which all... museum? New museum. Is it somewhere in Chelsea? No, it's on the east side. Oh. But yeah, that was quite fun. The weather's been nicer. And I read a book, which was very exciting for me because I usually peter out and get bored of reading. So that was a great accomplishment for me. I can't, I can't focus on reading more than 10 minutes. I just... Well, 10 minutes is pretty good, though. <laughs> in our, in... I get lost between, like, in, in the sentences. I just draft away to different thoughts. And, you know, I usually read sci-fi or, like, action, action books. I was reading Origin. It's a pretty old book. That sounds familiar. Who wrote Da Vinci's Code? Uh, what is that? Da Vinci's Code. I don't know what that is. You know, um, Angels and Demons. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, Da Vinci Code. Da Vinci Code, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I know <laughs> that. Of course, everyone knows Da Vinci's that. Code. <laughs> I was, I didn't, I thought you said WGS Code. Oh. I was like, what is that? Um, do you have anything you want to report this week? Any news updates? Um, just a news from maybe Turkey. <laughs> is there news from Turkey? Yeah, I mean, is election election time is ticking, so it's going to be next month, less than. I saw that the polling is Erdogan's pretty neck and neck. Yeah. Right now, so it's anyone's game, but the further away we get from the earthquake, there's, there has been another earthquake in another. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and there was also a flood. <laughs> and, Jesus uh, Christ. Think... <laughs> it's never-ending horrors. Yeah, if you ask the, the religious people, we are getting punished. Oh, yeah, really? Turkey, yeah, Turkey is getting punished right now by the greater, <laughs> greater God. So, What did Turkey do to warrant this? A lot of things, like... In their eyes, Turkey is like a den of sins. <laughs> people Jeez. are like, yeah, people have lost their courtesy, lost their like beliefs. As a matter of fact, Erdogan is trying to ally with a different party who has been like secretly active in Turkey for almost like 10 years. And they are like a huge fan of Hezbollah, you know? Hezbollah? What's that? Yeah, we are that Islamic extremist group. They're no. mostly active. They're mostly active in Lebanon. Okay. There was like a civil war in Lebanon. Is this like an Islamist group trying yeah, to bring like Islamist Islamic fundamentalist group? But trying to bring more Islamic law into government type situation, or? Well, they are like it's a really small party. Like I'm mm -hmm. going to say, like more than like ten thousand, maybe, which is still scary for me. And Erdogan is aligned with them, you're saying? Yeah, he's trying to get, get, get their votes. If he wins the election, he's going to probably offer them a seat in government. Wow, okay. He really has nothing except the religious element. 
He just doesn't want to lose this. Of course not. If he loses, they're going to go after him. So <laughs> he became the, I don't know, like 20th richest person in, in the world. <laughs> mm. For the last 20 years, that's impossible with a humble salary of being a president of a country. So, Wow. Well, I've been reading some people online talking about how they think he might try to change to pass a law or something to be able to stay in power before the election. Is that a possibility? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad actually we're talking about Turkey because our topic is multiculturalism. And yeah. there is something that's been coming up a bit for me in like Turkish culture, kind of. Oh. And you do this too, actually. I do it? Yes. If you're going to say something of consequence, you have to preface what you're saying. Okay. Beforehand. So mm -hmm. what Memo will always say to me is, I'm going to say something. <laughs> <laughs> and like, like when we text each other, if I have something to say to you, I'm just going to say it. But every time you message me, it's, hello, how are you? Like, what's going on today? <laughs> before oh, okay, before okay. getting to the point, you know? Yeah, it's, it's kind of a cultural thing you have to ask. Yeah, it totally yeah. is. And for me, yeah. that is so foreign. I mean, this is something I have a laugh about with other <laughs> Americans. Is like, Does it sound so naive? <laughs> is the whole like, okay, sit down. I'm going to say something. <laughs> and, like, and it'll be like, I'm going for groceries today. You know, like the most dramatic sounding yeah, thing. The news. Yeah. Prefacing things before you say it is very important in Turkish culture. <laughs> and I've often been like amused or annoyed by this. Mm. And a couple days ago or yesterday, I can't remember, I had this experience where I said something that Memo had a very strong reaction to. Because he said that came out of nowhere. <laughs> like, I'm not going to like be specific, but let's say we were talking and I said, hey, I think we should go bungee jumping. And his reaction would be like stunned silence and like end of conversation. <laughs> like, And I'm like, what's going on with you? You know, and it's I'm just shocked right now. That came from nowhere, you know, and I'm realizing I'm going to have to start doing the thing where I'm like, I, I'm going to say something. I have to start doing that to him. Oh, I'm sorry. To, uh, no, you don't have to apologize. <laughs> it's, it's normal. It's normal to like try to help your partner by communicating in a way that is best for them and for the relationship. So it's not like a struggle or whatever. Mm. I just realized that I need to start doing this because it's <laughs> impacting the flow of our conversation, you no, know, you don't have to, yeah, you'd have to do that with me. So I, I'm no, <laughs> but for him, he's very reactive to a different train of thought, you know, that mm. was unexpected. Mm. It's very interesting. Americans aren't like the most direct. I think Russian people kind of have a, a reputation for being like very direct and very like honest, cutthroat honesty. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't say Americans are like super direct, but when you compare the two <laughs> countries, it's very different. 
And I thought that was interesting. <laughs> Me and my countrymen, whenever we met in person, what we know, we always start a conversation asking their well-being first. Mm. So is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I guess. I just don't do that. Like if I'm going to say something to you like, hey, let's record this day. I just mm. say that. Like I don't oh, say, yeah, yeah. Okay. hi, how are you? I mean, uh, maybe some people, some people do that, but I just, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so then I worry, like, am I coming off as offensive because I don't do that or, or whatever? Yeah. That's the thing, looking into the best way to have a multicultural society. Knowledge is so important. Visibility is important because if you don't understand or you don't know, then it could lead to these conflicts or misunderstandings and annoyances and that sort of thing. So I thought it was related to what we're going to discuss today. Speaking of multiculturalism, what country do you think is, is the least multicultural country today? Oh, mm, North Korea? Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> that, was the first, that was the first answer came into my mind. I was thinking it's definitely got to be an Asian country. And yeah, there's fascists dictating exactly how you're supposed to look and act and everything. So Yeah, automatically when you close your borders, you automatically become cultural-less. Well, I'll ask you a question. What do you think is the most multicultural country? Not ethnic diversity, cultural diversity. I think here. Wrong. Wrong? It's Chad in Africa. Chad? In fact, the top 10 countries with the most multiculturalism are all in Africa. Is that so? Yes. All the um, different indigenous populations, languages, oh, religions. Okay. Africa, most multicultural continent. I guess. Pretty interesting. Yeah. You want to talk about its advantages? I think I don't, I don't see any disadvantage of living in a multicultural society, but <laughs> I was like researching some and I came across conservative fundamentalists talking about the side effects of being in a multicultural, multicultural country, Fox News and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there's two aspects of this. And one is trying to bring about social good, which is equality and inclusion, right? You might not see like a direct national or economic benefit or whatever, but those are just generally good things human beings try to strive for. And then there's also the national benefits of multiculturalism. And there are some, which I think we'll get into as we go into the topic more. But um, yeah, I don't think you can really make an argument with someone who is against inclusion on principle, which we talked about before in, in our immigration episode about seeing yourself as superior to others. When you are in that mindset, you can't appeal to them like, it's good to have an inclusive society. You can go to a new continent and colonize them, you know? <laughs> Also, there's a distinction to be made between when we talk about multiculturalism just like casually versus this political ideology, which means that you need to recognize different cultures within your country. Mm. 
allowing space for them. Well, here's the Encyclopedia Britannica definition. It's the view that cultures, races, and ethnicities, particularly those of minority groups, deserve special acknowledgement of their differences with a dominant political culture. And some people are a little afraid that that special acknowledgement means special treatment, which is not really the point. It reminds me of this question, how is it different, like what is it exactly difference between like diversity and multiculturalism? Diversity, I think, encapsulates a bit more than culture, right? I mean, culture is a huge, broad category, which includes like, well, I think I wrote down some values, underlying assumptions, beliefs, typical behavior, history, traditions, customs, social institutions, and languages. Diversity, though, that can include things like being um, differently abled, different age groups, different races. A multicultural society is diverse, but I think also even a monocultural society also contains some diversity just on the basis of all human beings have difference, right? Looking at like the pros of multicultural societies or maybe taking like a multicultural approach to different pillars of our society, research has shown when there is that acceptance in your country of other cultures, then there's less conflict. The UN reported that one-third of the world's major conflicts have a cultural dimension to them, which I think is pretty obvious. Like, it doesn't really even need to be stated. It's, a, it's kind of a practice in democracy, allowing for diversity and differences of ideology. I think everyone can learn from each other as a whole that bring harmony and success, mostly. There's a lot of documented advantages of multicultural businesses, like being able to translate culturally. If you're like a multicultural person, you can understand like the dynamics between countries and also just marketing to other countries is really important. And then there's from the differing perspective standpoint, you can drive creativity and innovation in your company by having people from different backgrounds and perspective. I know there's a lot of controversy, though, about there are these, I try to think of what it's called. It's like diversity standards. You need to have at least a certain number of minorities in your business. You have to reach those measures. And I think people are saying like, Well, that is preventing fair and equal competition among workers because in certain situations, somebody who's a minority might get a job that a white person maybe was actually better for. And I think I have heard anecdotally about that happening. I don't know, like (laughs) I haven't experienced that, but I think that If you're not doing like these prescriptive measures to just force people to consider people who are outside their culture or ethnicity, they're never going to do it. We have to push for it before it becomes natural. I don't think they're racist or anything. It's just like there's this subconscious bias. 
But I did want to talk about the benefits of multiculturalism as like an ideology in health and medicine and in education, because there's like explicit need to be informed and to create an environment of openness for people with difference. So I was looking at the Association for Supervision and Curriculum Development. They were reporting on this study about schools that make multicultural education like a focal point and not, you know, like an afterthought. And they said the students perform more successfully on all levels when there is a greater congruence between their cultural backgrounds and such school experiences as task, interest, effort, academic achievement, and feelings of personal efficacy or social accountability. When you are discussing things from different perspectives or like leaving the door open, like not saying everyone behaves a certain way, like allowing people from a different culture to relate to what's going on in the classroom that helps like not just their well-being, but also their oh, academic yeah. performance. Definitely a good point, yeah. And that is so important. And but what I was reading on their website is a, a lot of times this is really just something that teachers don't even consider. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to dog on teachers because they work so hard and for so little, but it's, I think it should be like something that is pushed into people to like really think about how to be more inclusive in the classroom and in health and medicine, different cultural practices impact people's health. You can't research from one cultural perspective. They include different behaviors and in clinics, doctors, they have to do that same thing too. Like they have to be aware that people have difference in their behavior. Um, there was a really interesting study I found by Global Citizen talking about multicultural societies. And they, I think they specifically talked about where a religious population starts to grow that's different from the uh, majority culture. And they were talking about the difficulties When this first starts to happen, people lose trust in the community at large, and there's more feelings of anxiety about this unknown culture coming in, right? But they say in the long run, it actually benefited their quality of life. But in the first like six or seven years of that change in the demographic, people felt a lower quality of life and like lower trust in their community. So that's another point too, is it's not easy and immediate for people when they're experiencing demographic change in their community. It takes time for people to like adapt and feel secure about it. And then they feel good and like reap the benefits. I don't know. That's something I always am like harping on. I feel like is you have to be patient with people and like give them time to open up their mind. You know, they do need the time. If that is there, then they can reach a really great point. People who come from a different, different culture, such as myself, I have relatives who live here and then they raise their kid according to their Turkish culture. They want them to blend in here. Also, they like celebrated the cultural aspects here too. It's kind of important not isolate ourselves. Of course, people love their culture and they don't want to 
shake it off unless it's like truly horrible, which happens. But they also don't want to be feeling constantly at odds or as an outsider. You know, it's like, of course, your culture will always be special and meaningful to you. But does that mean that in every single interaction, every season and moment, like I want to be the other, you know, it's like, no, I want to. Yeah. Okay. So let's go to critiques Mm. for multiculturalism, which you talked about a little bit with people feeling threatened about (laughs) having like different types of people they don't understand. We were talking about the Fox News thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like their standpoint is that once you start giving special acknowledgement to these groups, then that means you're going to be taking away from white people and they're going to be run out of our country. There's going to be a white genocide. Mm-hmm. Which sounds insane, but that is like literally the talking, regular talking points like on Tucker Carlson show, you know, is that white people are under threat in America. Well, what is white people culture though? It's mostly European culture. But America is not Europe. Yeah, I mean, even though you're a part of a culture, that's part of a multiculture, you know. It's just, I don't know, it just diminishes itself in a certain point. I've encountered people... You know, I used to have a friend back in Kansas. She was married to, she was white and married to, I think he was Latino. And her mother was like mocking her for marrying and like a guy who wasn't white and like saying their children were going to look like monkeys. Some fucked up shit. I mean, it's, it's not as uncommon as you would like to think it is. How were you able to think about think that it just i i really wondered that moment exactly that idea sometimes human human brains surprises me a lot you just <laughs> that's really fucked up i have another ex- great example i met mm-hmm. this guy from i want to say like alabama mm-hmm. so he was black but he was adopted by these white christian this white christian family in alabama so you can kind of like get an idea of like what their culture would be. He was talking about how he really liked white girls and like he felt very attracted to them, but his family was against mixing of races. And when he met me and Memo, he's like, I think it's so, I think interracial dating is great. And I was kind of like confused. I'm like, who said it wasn't like that's so weird but then talking to him you know he grew up obviously in this household that saw him as like lesser you know like his whole family's white he's the only black person and probably a white community and telling him he's not allowed to date white women i mean it's so disturbing that this is like so it's so normal for some people in this country, like this idea. That's so fucked up. <laughs> yeah. And I just, I felt so bad for him because, I mean, that must hurt a lot to like, to be raised, like have your family, like have these ideas. But yeah, it was, I was like, what do you mean? Of course it's okay to date someone outside your race. Like I take it for granted, you know, that it's, that it's normal. 
half the couples I see are yeah. not the same race. So it seems like so odd that that would be like out of place. When it comes to interracial marriage, that's pretty common in Turkey. That has been a pretty common thing in Turkey. I mean, since birth of the Ottoman Empire, you know. And that is something Turkish people seem very like open to other people, other cultures. Yeah. So I found something interesting. There was a study by the Harvard Institute of Economic Research. The democracy index is inversely related to ethnic fractionalization. The idea is that in more fragmented societies, a group imposes restrictions on political liberty to impose control on the other groups. In more homogenous societies, it is easier to rule more democratically since conflicts are less intense. But keep in mind, the data for this study was self-reported. You have to take that into consideration. But I think that is an interesting point, though, that it's harder to maintain a democracy, a democratic society, when you have a multicultural society, which makes sense. But at the same time, it's like, I think it's worth that extra work to keep your society democratic and have it be multicultural. That's a real question. It is worth it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, but it's like you have to you have to acknowledge the challenges of it. Yeah, you have to find a sol best solution. You may never never be able to find it, but you at least die trying it. So, well, yeah, I mean, society's all about progress. But it's an important point to bring up the fact that it's not always like so straightforward how to best allow diversity to prosper and how to best protect uh, acceptance of multiculturalism. It's not, it's not so easy and you're going to have a hard time convincing people who are really intolerant or rejecting of people different from them, but that doesn't mean that it's not worthwhile trying to make those things happen, so. That seems like a problem these days. Even what I was talking about in the beginning, our discussion about like, me navigating this cultural difference between me and my partner that's on like the micro level mm -hmm. through lots of discussion i'm figuring out like how to best work together right think of that on the macro level people against that see that as, as something not to work for it can push people away because they don't that, want to deal that's what i mean that's the real problem behind it yeah, I feel like our our society is becoming less patient and more reactive. And those are really not good things <laughs> when it comes to being patient and open-minded and doing a lot of active communication. And I don't know, I feel like there's so many things, like so many influences mostly from social media and fast-paced media where it's just moving our society in this direction of fragmentation. Social media especially, yo. Yeah, and just divide from your fellow man. But coming from my optimist standpoint, I just believe in people's ability to have those good intentions and to, to strive for them. And to adapt, yeah. Just thinking more broadly what I... What I keep thinking about is being open and communicative to others, though they may have different ideas and beliefs than you. Be open and don't assume. Mm -hmm. 
try to like learn from other people. Yeah, that's I think how we become like thoughtful. They have a real respect. Well, what I read, multiculturalism is an exercise in tolerance. And I think that's so true. And tolerance is important. Yeah, that's pretty much the end of my research. Thank you as always for listening. You can always go to interculturepodcast.com. Let us know what you think about this. You can find us on almost every social media platform. You're curious to learn. You're curious about your ideas. Until the next time. See you next week. Email us at interculturepodcast at gmail.com or follow us on social media at interculturepod.